Turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 20. This woman you're going to read about, my wife has a number of books about women in the Bible. As a matter of fact, she has one that has the top 100 women in the Bible. This woman is not mentioned, even in that little book that she has, the top 100 women of the Bible. I looked at another couple of books that have the leading ladies of the Bible, couldn't find her in that. Uh, she's not mentioned in anything that I've seen. I've, I, I found her mentioned in Bible um, commentaries, but her name is not mentioned, and therefore, for whatever reason, She's somewhat overlooked, but I think that you'll see that we can learn much from the woman cited here with no name, but great character in 2 Samuel chapter 20. I'll pick it up with verse 15, 2 Samuel verse 15. Let me give you the backdrop before I start with verse 15. What's taking place here? You guys have heard of King David, right? Uh, God has chosen him to be king, and not too long ago, uh, his mentor, the king before him, who was not only his mentor but his enemy at the same time, a guy by the name of King Saul, had passed away. His best friend Jonathan, they had passed away. David had become king and it wasn't you know, too long after, you know, down the road that uh, his own son Absalom rebelled against him. Absalom came against David, tried to take over the hearts of the people, uh, and Absalom ends up being killed. And so he's killed, and David's own high commander, Joab, is ultimately responsible for killing his son. And then another guy rises up, and he's also a rebel, and he's also rebellious at heart, and a man that wants to draw the people away, and his name is Sheba. And now he draws the people away, and David makes the statement that this guy will even be worse than Absalom, as far as danger to the people, danger to the kingdom. And it ends up that this guy, Sheba, ends up in a fortress city called Abel. And he's in the city of Abel. And then Joab, you ever seen the movie A Few Good Men? You ever seen Jack Nicholson play that role? Put Joab in that role. That's how Joab was. Joab was the kind of guy that if a few eggs had to be broken to make some omelets, he was okay with that. And he also never let anyone get away with something he thought he needed to get even for. So Joab was a take revenge, ask questions later kind of guy, but he also was incredibly loyal to David, and he also was a great military man, but he was also a very vicious warrior, Joab. And so Joab, remember, he had killed David's son Absalom, and any time a guy had crossed him, a couple of times he actually put literally a knife in their gut. It's not a great Mother's Day message, I understand, but uh, <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. This is what ha and this is what, this is what Joab would be like. Now, this is important because this woman is going to have a face-to-face -face conversation with Joab. That's why I'm setting the stage to say this woman has some high character because Joab... He doesn't really listen to anybody until he's accomplished his mission. Again, he's like Jack Nicholson. Do you think Jack Nicholson enjoyed being questioned by Tom Cruise? No. He looked at him like some snot nose. You've never served in battle. You don't know what you're talking about. And that's the way Joab was. Now, what had happened is Sheba, who David said, go get him. And Joab said, I'm on it. 
Joab takes the army of Judah. Part of the armies were not even, uh, part of the army was not even loyal. The other tribes were not loyal to David. So they go and Joab builds a siege mound. You guys know what a siege mound is? He builds a siege mound against the city of Abel. And Joab immediately begins to attack the city. Battering rams, archers, swordsmen, everything attacking the city. And what does the city of Abel do? They begin to immediately prepare to fight back. And then enters this woman. You understand what's going on, right? If, this, if we're a city, all of a sudden Joab has built a siege mount. He's smashing the walls in. He is bent on getting Sheba. And if he has to kill everyone in the city to get Sheba, he will. And then this woman comes on the scene. Pick it up with me, 2 Samuel chapter 20, starting with verse 15. Then they came and besieged him at a bell of Beth Makkah, and they set up a siege mount against the city and stood by the rampart. And all the people who were with Joab, that's the army of Joab, battered the wall to throw it down. Verse 16. Then a wise woman cried out from the city, Hear! Here, please say to Joab, come nearby that I may speak with you. When he had come near to her, the woman said, are you Joab? He answered, I am. Then she said to him, hear the words of your maidservant. He answered, I am listening. So she spoke saying, they used to talk in former times, saying, they shall seek guidance at a bell and they would end disputes. I am among the peaceable and faithful in Israel. You seek to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Why would you swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? And Joab answered and said, Far be it, far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. Let's pray. Father, we ask that your spirit would speak through your word. Your word from everlasting to everlasting, would speak to every heart. Encourage the moms, but Lord, encourage and strengthen us all in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everything was not only coming to a head, but there was going to be a lot of bloodshed. There was going to be a lot of misery. There was going to be a lot of people being buried. And one woman speaks up. And she says to him, we'll go through this. She says, would you destroy a city and a mother? Now, we don't know for certain if she was a mother. I believe she was. Most places in the Bible, when a woman was barren, the Bible usually spells that out. And it will usually say something along, and she was barren, and she was barren. You'll actually see that throughout the Scripture. Why? Because that's a very big deal to Jewish women, ancient women. Uh, if, if they could not bear children, that was a very big deal. We know that the Lord would often come, and remember Hannah, for example, the Lord relieved her, Elizabeth in the New Testament, who gives birth to John, they were relieved. But that's not mentioned of her here. Uh, most scholars believe that when she says mother, she's speaking of the city, and that would be true. I believe without question she is speaking of the city. But in understanding the principle of duality in Scripture, that in Scripture often one statement covers multiple things at one time, she's very likely, or very possibly I should say, very possibly speaking of both the city 
and herself and other moms. Would you destroy a city and a mother? Well, this city had been a mother city in the sense that it had given birth to other great men and had actually given birth to other cities. It had been a city where there had been wisdom, where there had been disputes ended there, where there had been wise men and women who had been sent out from this city to plant other cities. But ultimately, as the representative speaking here of a city called a mother, and likely or possibly speaking of herself as a mom, she represents the characteristics that God would desire to see in mothers. And we're going to look at several of them here this morning. But before I do, let me read you something that I think covers the diversity of a mom. You know, moms have to cover a lot of bases and do a lot of different roles, not only in a single week, but a single day. And this was written by a guy by the name of Fred Cruz, and he said this, What is a mother? Somewhere between the youthful energy of a teenager and the golden years of a woman's life, there's, there lives a marvelous and loving person known as mother. A mother is a curious mixture of patience, kindness, understanding, discipline, industriousness, purity, and love. A mother can be at the same time both lovelorn counselor to a heartsick daughter and head football coach to an athletic son. A mother can sew the tiniest stitch in the material for that dainty prom dress, and she can equally be experienced in threading through the heaviest of traffic with a minivan. A mother is the only creature on earth who can cry when she's happy, laugh when she's heartbroken, and work when she's feeling ill. A mother is as gentle as a lamb and as strong as a giant. Only a mother can appear so weak and helpless and yet be the same person who puts the fruit jar cover on so tightly that dad can't get it off. (laughs) I've experienced that a couple of times. A A mother is a picture of helplessness when dad is near and a marvel of resourcefulness when she's all alone. A mother has the angelic voice of a member in the celestial choir as she sings Brahms lullaby to a babe held tight in her arms, yet with this same voice can dwarf the sound of an amplifier when she calls her boys in for supper. That was popular way back in the 70s. You know when people used to call for dinner? Now they text and stuff. But anyway, it used to be mom's voice. A mother has the fascinating ability to be almost everywhere at once, and she alone can somehow squeeze an enormous amount of living into an average day. A mother is old-fashioned to her teenager, just mom to her third grader, and simply mama to the little two-year-old sister. But there is no greater thrill in life than to point to that wonderful woman and be able to say to all the world, that's my mother. See, God has designed the role to be, on the one hand, delicate, which is really good for men that have no balance, right? When you get into a marriage, you know, I got married at the age of 25. My wife was just about 22. She was 21 when we got married. And uh, Uh, I didn't really have much balance on the delicate side, and she brought some of that to the table. And as we grew, we learned from each other. But moms have a lot of different roles to play in their lifetime, throughout the week, throughout the day. And if you're taking notes, I've titled our time in God's Word this morning, Thank God for Moms. It would be a bad place if the whole world were nothing but dads. Granted, we could use more dads, so we'll get to that on Father's Day, but 
Thank God for moms and their unique role. And even this woman plays a very unique role that as I thought about the passage, I'm not even sure if a man could have pulled off what she did. You think about this. Joab is told to go take and get Sheba. Joab, like most men, the task, I will walk into Walmart, I'm getting one thing and I'm coming out. I'll be out in 2.4 minutes. Woman walks in. We're going to need that next week. Thanksgiving is right around the corner, even six months away. All these other things come into mind. And we often, as men, benefit from some of that if we're willing to admit it. But then there's other times where that seems to be a holdup in the day. Joab's not being held up. I'm going to get Sheba. If I have to kill everyone in the city to get Sheba, I will get Sheba. The men of Sheba say, we must fight for the city, immediately fight. No one takes the time to talk about it. This woman steps in. I'm not even sure, like I said, if the men, because they were actually performing their role well. Joab had a task to do, and he was going to do it. The men of the city, we must defend the city, they were going to do it. But neither side knew that actually there was a way out for both. She actually understood that and was uniquely used for this time. What I want to look at here this morning is the characteristic that she exhibits, whether as a figurehead of the mother city or as a mother herself, the characteristics that she exhibits that I believe God wants all women. See, I'm thankful for all moms, but anyone can have kids, but that doesn't make anyone a mother. True? We've got a lot of people in this country having children. That does not make them a mother. Well, biologically, yes, but not in the way God designed it. Amen? The way God designed it is that women would actually be godly moms. He didn't want Eve just to be mother of all living. He wanted her to be fruitful and multiply from the spiritual perspective of moms giving birth to other women and other young men that would go on to serve and know the Lord. And the characteristics that this woman exhibits, I believe, God not only wants to see in every mom, but wants to grow in every mom. And many of you have walked in these things, but the Lord wants all of us just to continue to grow in them. Let's take a look at what they... It starts in verse 16, the first one here. I don't have an outline. I'm going to go... Th- I do have an outline, but I'm not going to give it to you like I normally do with three things. We're going to go through it one by one. The first one, if you're taking notes, is in verse 16. Wise. I don't know anyone if you asked them, hey, would you like to be wise? No, I don't want to be wise. I want to be a fool. Women need wisdom. Men need wisdom. Kids need wisdom. Teenagers definitely need wisdom. Uh, Even though they know everything. I'm just kidding, kids. Teenagers. But we all need wisdom. This woman not only needed wisdom, but actually was walking in wisdom. The, The scriptural testimony of her, written here in 2 Samuel, says, "A then a wise woman. What a great testimony. This is God's testimony of her. Then a wise woman. See, everyone is acting on assumption. Joab assumes, this is what Joab assumes. Men sometimes do this. When we know the fact, the fact can actually cloud the other facts. The one fact must get so-and-so. But there might be another fact that, that needs to be understood. It's called a 360 view. Joab says, I must get Sheba because he's a threat to David. He's a threat to the whole kingdom. 
And the men immediately say, we must defend against Joab. Well, actually, the city, Joab assumes that the city loves Sheba. The city doesn't love Sheba. He just happened to come into their city, and he decided to stay there. Joab thinks they're loyal to Sheba, right? Be careful that we make, we should not make assumptions. I saw so-and-so walking by so-and-so. I think they must be really tight. Not necessarily. Sheba was there, but he assumed, Joab assumed, the whole city is loyal to Sheba. And the whole city assumed that Joab hated them. And so both sides, some of the facts weren't really understood. This wise woman says, in a sense, time out. Time out. Can I talk to Joab? Because the men, they've taken aim with their arrows. The men at the bottom are using the battering ram. Everyone's doing their job. And she says, time out here, here. Everyone's acting on assumption. Hundreds will be destroyed. Is there any wisdom? Sometimes moms have to ask themselves this. Is there any wisdom for seemingly out-of-control situations? How do you find wisdom when things are already out of control? That you should see every morning, chaos, out of control. The Lord will give wisdom for little things. That are, sometimes out of control situations aren't big deals. They're small. We make them big, but they're not that big. Then you really do have big out of control situations. But I'm here to tell you, God gives wisdom for both, just like this woman. This is a really tense situation. Real people will die. Real lives will be ruined. And she's given wisdom for that one moment and she cries out, here, here. God has the wisdom, doesn't he? Sometimes we have to stop, take a breath, and open the Bible. And just pray for even five minutes. Say, Lord, before I make this situation worse, what should I actually do? I do that all the time now. I didn't used to do that. In my early days being saved, I would figure it out after scraping my knees every which way. The Lord says, stop, pray, ask me. If any man laughs, wisdom, let him ask of God. This woman probably was praying, Lord, our city's going to be destroyed. All the moms are going to be killed. I'm going to be killed. What should I do? Cry out, here, here. What will that do? Just do it. Proverbs 31, 26 says, she opens her mouth with wisdom. The Proverbs 31 woman. She opens her mouth with wisdom. By the way, you can't open your mouth with wisdom unless you have wisdom on the inside. You have to have it in the heart to have it come out of the mouth. So many of the celebrity moms, those moms on TV, those sitcom moms are anything but wise. Anything but wise. Proverbs 14.1 says, The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish woman pulls it down with her hands. Sadly, we have a lot of moms in the United States that are not wise, they're actually tearing their own houses apart with selfish ambition, with their own desires, with their own personal pleasures. But then there's the others. There's the wise women that I pray you women will be. There's the wise women that actually rely on the Lord for wisdom and let God chart the course for your life, not Hollywood. What a woeful place to charge the, chart the course of our life. Not Business Week, 
Again, if you have to work, that's fine. I'm not saying anything about that. I'm saying don't let the world dictate wisdom. The world doesn't have wisdom. The world runs full force into battle and both sides slaughter each other. The Lord steps in the middle and says, time out. This is what should be done. This is how you should walk. This is how you should live. Where does wisdom come from? Well, whether you're a mom, dad, male, female, it comes from loving and obeying and following the Lord. That's where wisdom comes from. Wisdom is in the presence of the Lord. You and I, we can't manufacture wisdom. Paul said in Romans, in me nothing good dwells. That means there's no wisdom in us. We receive wisdom from the Lord, just like we receive grace, we receive mercy, we receive love. God is the giver of all good things. Wisdom comes from God. We don't manufacture it. We simply receive it and transfer it. If you do something wise, God gave it to you and you give it out. It's the way it works. Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do His commandments. This woman was wise because she obeyed and followed the Lord. And when you obey and follow the Lord, guess what? You get to hear from the Lord. People say, I never hear from God. Well, do you spend time in His Word with Him? No. Well, you're not going to hear from the Lord unless you're with the Lord. Proverbs 31, 30, same Proverbs chapter 31. I mentioned the uh, Proverbs 31 woman. It says, a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. This woman feared the Lord, and you can bet the city would praise her when this was all said and done. Because a lot of people would benefit from the wisdom that she showed. Let's look, uh, let's look on here. And also in verse 16, as I mentioned, she cries out, Here, here, come nearby that I may speak with you. So she yells, Here, here. Now, if you're wondering who she's talking to here, she's more than likely yelling, Here, here, to Joab's men that are on the forefront. And they pass the message back to Joab. So she yells, here, here, as loud as she could. Now, we've been, we got a chance to go to Israel uh, back in 2013 and see the city walls. Any kind of, and in some of the ancient walls we saw, when you're standing up on the city, you could look down and you could shout, and it would echo that much of Israel has a lot of rock. Uh, things will bounce out. You could echo, and you could yell, here, here. And now the troops would hear, and she's saying, come nearby, uh, please say to Joab, She's talking to probably the troops that are manning the battering ram, those that are coming forward. She yells to those men, here, here, can you go get Joab? Come nearby that I may speak with you. Second point, she's not only wise, she's willing. Many times, moms are the first to cry out, aren't they? Maybe it's in prayer. Maybe it's in warning. What in the world are you doing? What in the world are you thinking? Right? Moms are oftentimes the first to cry out with their own children, but also they're the first to cry out for society. She's not only crying out for her and those close to her, she's crying out for the whole city. Moms, some of you cry out for this nation. That's a good thing. You cry out for a society that's not only walking, but even running headfirst towards destruction. And we really are. But not only willing to cry out, but willing to take action. Willing to take action. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 and 14 says, Watch, stand fast in the faith, 
Be brave, be strong, let all be done with love. That's a mantra for all of us, but this wise woman, godly moms, to stand fast in the faith, to be brave. Well, if I yell here, here from the walls, what if an arrow hits me? God says, just get up there and yell, the arrows will go by you. <laughs> you just yell here, here, I'll take care of the direction of the arrows or the battering ram or everything else. You yell here, here, well, these guys won't relay my message to Joab, just do what I say, watch what happens. And they do. She was willing. You know, moms are valiant when needed. Some of you might have saw this story just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, when moms need to step in, we really need to step in, not only first, for, for, first and foremost, it should be in prayer, but even beyond that, physically when necessary. I don't know if some of you saw a story. It was just a few weeks ago. Today is the 11th. Back on April 11th, there was a story. It said a two-year-old can make the case that her mother is a real-life superhero. The Texas mother took on a pit bull to save her daughter and won. Chelsea Camp says the dog just seemed curious and sniffed her daughter, but then it attacked, biting the little girl on the head. Camp, uh, the mother's instincts kicked in, and she began fighting back. You know, there's fight and there's flight. Camp says she shoved her fist into the dog's mouth and even bit off its ear while telling the daughter to turn over so she did not choke on blood. That's a battle. That's... How many moms would you do the same thing? If you see your daughter in the jaws of an animal that actually has a vice grip, say, there's no one else here to help. I better receive strength from the Lord. This is why David fought a lion. This is why David fought a bear. You know, if you have to do what you have to do, are you going to be valiant and step in? But I would say that there is, Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, and Satan wants to grab a vice grip on your children. And are you willing to fight on your knees in prayer? Are you willing to be that valiant? It's one thing to be valiant against a pit bull, and I think all of us that love our kids would be. What do you got to lose at that point, right? It's either the dog or me or the kid. And I know which one I would choose. But we have to also be willing to engage on behalf of people. We have to love enough to pray for, to speak out on behalf of, to be passionate. If we have to get everyone's attention, this woman did. Get everyone's attention. Willing to speak, but yet do it under control. You notice how under control she was? She cries out here, here, but says... Come, please say to Joab, come nearby that I may speak. She's wise, she's willing. Look at, the, look at the next thing in verse 17. She's experienced. Some of you moms are very experienced. And if you are, God wants you to teach your experience to younger women. I don't know, but I, I'm 45 now. Um, I know at 45 how little I knew at 25. I actually know how little I knew at 44. Um, and I still like to learn from men that have gone before me that they can shave off unnecessary, wasted time and motion on my behalf. And those of you that are moms with experience, you have a lot to pass on. The Lord wants you to do that and wants you to use it. But this woman was experienced, and I, you might say, well, how do you get that out of the text? Well, I'll show you. 
She said, when Joab comes, uh, verse 17, and when he had come near to the woman, she said, are you Joab? Interesting. She yells for Joab. The men get Joab to come forward. At some level, they must slow the battle and just stop attacking for just a second because when your commander is going to move up to the front of the wall, other than maybe to protect him from anyone taking a sniper shot at Joab, everything seems to come to a bit of a halt. And she says, quiet, there might be hundreds, perhaps thousands of troops, and the place now becomes a one-on-one conversation with one woman on the wall and Joab, think Jack Nicholson, a few good men, standing there saying, I'm about to mow your city down, but before I do, what do you got? What do you want to say to me? And she says, are you Joab? And gets away with that. Are you Joab? She double checks. Wise moms that are experienced, they've learned to double check things. It eliminates wasted motion, doesn't it? They do this regularly. Kind of goes something like this in the house. Do you have your clothes laid out? Yep. They don't stop there. (laughs) Even the shoes? Oh, no. Is everything at the front door? Yep. What about this, 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 this? Oh, those four things I forgot. (laughs) You said everything was there. Everything usually means one-third. You know, completely done usually means about halfway done. Moms have learned to double check and say, before we jump in and drive away, this is going to be some waste of motion. I will not just say, are you? And you say yes, and we move on. She double checks. She validates. She makes sure. But moms, they've, they've gained a lot of experience over the years. Again, some other uh, woman might, younger woman might not have all the understanding, but moms, they've gained a lot of experience. Let me give you a couple of, some other examples of experiences that moms have gained over the year. Uh, those of you when you had, you remember when you had your first child? We, we have three daughters. I remember the progression. Those of you who had your first child, you, you practice on the first one. Boy, you did everything perfect. You start to learn along the way. Listen to what, uh, here's some experience that experienced moms have picked up along the way. Here's a mom that's had three kids. Uh, first baby, Practice the breathing religiously. Second baby, you do not bother practicing because you remember the last time breathing didn't do a thing. (laughs) Third baby, you ask for an epidural in your eighth month. (laughs) First baby, you pre-wash your newborn's clothes, color coordinate them, and fold them neatly in the baby's little bureau. Second baby, you check to make sure that the clothes are clean and discard only the ones with the darkest stains. Third baby, you say, I'm sure boys can wear pink, can't they? (laughs) First baby, at the first sign of distress, a whimper, a frown, you pick up the baby. Second baby, you pick up the baby when they wail to threaten up the firstborn. Third baby, you teach the three-year-old how to rewind the mechanical swing on the swing set. (laughs) First baby, pacifier falls on the floor, you put it away until you can go home and safely boil it till it's clean. Second baby, when the pacifier hits the floor, you squirt it off with some juice from the baby's bottle. Third baby, you wipe it off on your shirt and you pop it straight back in. First baby, you change the baby's diaper every hour, whether they need it or not. Second baby, you change their diaper every two to three hours as needed. 
Third baby, you try and change their diaper before others start to complain about the smell, <laughs> or you see it sagging to the knees. <laughs> see, how much, see how much wasted motion you've eliminated? Are you, Joab? Before I have a deep, important dialogue about the city, I want to eliminate that I'm talking to the right person and we're about to have the right conversation because time is of the essence, isn't it? Your time is valuable. You want to redeem the time. You've learned not to waste time with things that you used to waste time with, but to make it valuable. She's experienced. But she's not just experienced, she's humble. By the way, Joab says, I am Joab, verse 17. She's humble, and she says, hear the words of your maidservant. Wise moms have learned that chewing the guy out at Home Depot will probably not really help you get what you're looking for that whining and complaining, nothing's on the shelf here at Walmart that I was, or Martin's that I was looking for, that actually speaking in a humble way can go a long way, can't it? Joab is tough as nails. He's not an emotional guy. He's a hardened military man, but he's used to men that have a submissive spirit or you don't work for Joab even if he doesn't have that himself. <laughs> ironic. Isn't that ironic sometimes? That some of the uh, men that God allows to be in charge are not so humble, but they expect everyone else to be humble? That's okay. God will take care of, he'll balance the scales when, when everything comes to an end. But Joab, who had lots of problems in his own humility, although iron, Joab is a, an, uh, he's a man of irony. He's an intense patriot. He loves Israel. He's intensely loyal to David, but he's got a lot of flaws, too. But he is somehow disarmed by her spirit, her wisdom, and now her humility. He's, he's disarmed by it. I, I, I can even see the puzzle look on his face, like, who are you? Yeah, some have argued that maybe she was even a judge like Deborah. I don't think so, because I think the way that 1st and 2nd Samuel are detailed, I believe that it would have probably mentioned that detail. But nevertheless, whether she is or isn't, Joab doesn't seem to say anything like, I know who you are. He just, she doesn't seem to know who he is, because she says, are you Joab? And you would think if she had any position, she would have already known who the king's high commander is. But it seems like, again, this is just a woman standing in the gap at just the right time. And she's humble. She says, your maidservant. That means the handmaid or female slave. I am submitting that I'm nothing more than a female slave next to your position. And it's not said with fake sincerity. It's said with genuine humility. You can, some people act like they're really humble and they're really not humble. You ever met someone like that? And usually you're not all that fooled. But she really, Joab could see that she was a sincerely humble woman, your maidservant. Probably took a, a downward position at that point and bowed the head a little bit. Your maidservant comes to you, female slave. It invokes humility. And there's wisdom in being humble because the scriptures say on more than one occasion, but in 1 Peter 5, 5, God resists the humble, but he gives grace 
to the proud. Not only will this woman receive grace, but the whole city will receive grace. We go on. She's not just humble. She's knowledgeable. How many of moms have learned a lot over the years? Not just experience, but you actually know things now you didn't know when you were younger. This woman, she understood the city's history, its significance, and all the things that had been done, the great things that had been done there, and she used it as a resource to actually illustrate a point to Joab. She's like, this city has brokered peace deals, and you're about to level it. This city has broken peace deals, and you're about to destroy it. Moms would say, this family has a legacy, and you're about to destroy it. Moms can get away with that and should say it sometimes, folks. Amen? A lot of times people aren't willing to speak up. They should be. But she said, this city, she knew the city's significance. I remember when I first met my wife, she was in high school, which, by the way, will be married 20 years the end of this month. But we met in high school. Yep. We didn't get married in high school. We got married in college. But anyway... Uh, but I met her when she was in high school, and um, when I first met her in high school, she knew a lot about the following things. Gymnastics, she had done gymnastics since she was a kid. She knew a lot about gymnastics. She knew a lot about her friends. She knew a lot about the music she liked. These are the important things to teenagers. Friends, music, <laughs> fashion. She knew a lot about fashion, and she did not know how to get anywhere except for the two malls near the house. Because I would really ask her, I'd say, you know how to get to so-and-so? I don't know how to get there. Where? You don't know how to, you've lived here, you do not know how to get, and she would be like, no. I said, where, where can you drive with, she goes, I know that mall and I know that mall. <laughs> and that's what she knew. Now here she is, years later, and I, uh, over the years, and when my wife came to Christ the same day I did, we, we got saved on the same day at Calvary Fort Lauderdale, she was uh, 22, I was 26. 26, she was just about 23, but we got saved on the same day, and um, I would be amazed at the things she started to care about post-salvation that she never cared about before, and the things that she would learn, and I'd be surprised, you're watching the news? You're caring about world events and history and all these things? Today she homeschools our daughters and knows a lot about history and studies the Bible and underlines things and looks up the Hebrew meaning of it and the Greek meaning of it and all those things. And all those things that never mattered at all to a 16-year-old girl come back and are valuable later. Amen, moms? You learn that you have to know stuff to handle big situations. You have to learn things. God can put you in a place, but you have to always be the student learning. Amen? I don't care how old you are. You always have to be learning. If you're not learning, you're not growing. And she was able to... Now, Joab might have even known this, but he forgot it. She reminded him, this city solved disputes. This city produced diplomats. This city produced wise men and women. This city was used by the Lord himself as a great place and you're about to dispose of it. She's got Joab right where she wants him. Titus 2.3 says, The older women, teachers of good things. Teachers of good things. 
you know, one other little thing that just kind of struck me, and look at, look at verse 18. I have the New King James Version. You might have a different version, but look what it says at the beginning. It says, she spoke saying, they used to talk. That phrase just struck me in 2014. They used to talk. And the Lord just like, I know that that, you know, God can speak multiple ways through a single verse. How many moms need to tell the young people today, we used to talk? We didn't send 6,000 texts a day. We didn't live on Facebook. We actually called the boys to dinner. We used to talk. The neighbors used to talk. The people used to talk. The family used to talk. And she says to Joab, you guys have entered in without communicating at all. You're going to take the city out. We're going to fight back. But they used to talk. They used to sit down and communicate something. Folks, Moms today, wise moms, will talk about things that are meaningful and teaching the others to talk through and about the Lord most and foremost, but about things that have meaning, knowledgeable. And then look at verse 19, the last two points in this woman that speaks on behalf of mothers in the city. I am among the peaceable and faithful. Peaceable. Are you peaceable? Are you growing in peace? You know, the peacemakers will inherit the earth, the scriptures say, doesn't it? Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. You know, the scriptures say we're called to be ministers of reconciliation. That's what Paul wrote. Isn't that a great thing in that same chapter, or that same book in 1 Corinthians, he mentions that we're to be ambassadors for Christ, ministers of the new covenant, peaceable. We should not be known as the harsh Pharisee, but the peaceable ones, the ones that actually bring. When you walk into a room, it's a more peaceful place. When this woman was around, peace had a chance, right? She brought peace because God really had, she was at peace with the Lord. She had a peace, so she had peace to give. Again, you can't give, you can't give wisdom if it's not in your heart. You can't give peace if it's not in your heart. If you're not at peace, it's hard to be peaceable. I was in the, it's funny, um, I was in the grocery store the other night. Uh, it was like almost, it was after Wednesday night. It was like close to 10 o'clock. And, um, and this one older gentleman, and it was sad because it was the opposite of what uh, he was probably, I'm guessing he was about 75. And um, he starts barking at the guy who was stocking the milk. And he says, what the, well, he didn't say heck, but you know what I mean. He goes, you never have the milk that I asked for. I want Shenandoah. He asked, I remember it's clear. I want Shenandoah milk. And all you have is this garbage giant brand or whatever it is. No one wants that. You don't stock the shelf. And you're like, there's no way that this man, by the way, if they have it in the back, that's not the way to get it right? Just not the way to get it. Because that's when the 18-year-old that's making like minimum wage says, I'll show you. I'll bring you orange juice, dude, you know? <laughs> but nevertheless, he's just, just reading, uh, just giving it to him about not, like, like this guy's irresponsible for it, right? Like for not having Shenandoah milk, but not peaceable because there's no peace inside. There's no peace inside. So the things that, that's not that big a deal. I'm pretty sure it's probably even the same cows in both jars or whatever. <laughs> Proverbs 31, 26. I, met, I read 
I mentioned 3126, but I mentioned the first part. The second part of the same verse is, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She says to Job, I'm of the peaceable ones. I'm of the kind ones. I represent the moms that are for peace and, and kindness. And Joab, again, he responds to all this. It makes an impact. Yeah, you, you can imagine the scene of all the other warriors standing around. What in the world is happening here? Joab's listening to this? The men on the wall are like, is this going to work? It's working though, isn't it? Because she goes on, last uh, characteristic of this woman that I believe God wants in all moms, faithful. I'm of the peaceable and faithful. Faithful. Psalm 31, verse 23 says, Oh, love the Lord, all you his saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful. The faithful. The faithful don't compromise the word of God. The faithful don't change the word of God. The faithful don't ignore the Lord, but they stay near to the Lord. Remember, even in John chapter 19, Jesus looks to John and said, Son, or mother, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she was faithful right to the end. She was right there. By the way, so is Mary Magdalene right there and the other women that were faithful. Uh, we, we know that not all the men remained faithful. Some of them were hiding. But some of those women remained faithful. And Jesus said, behold your mother, son, or woman, behold your son, son, behold your mother. And Jesus showing there that even his earthly mother knew to stand by his side that her safe place was being faithful to the Lord. Not worried about Pilate. Not worried about Herod. Faithful. Because the Lord will be your defender. Amen? The Lord's the one that will defend. Willing to be faithful and speak the truth. She says, you seek to destroy a city. You know, after you've established a good rapport with someone, you can give them a little direct news. She might have been like this. At this point, she might have put the hands on the hips. You know what I mean? They're the humble demeanor, finally, you seek to destroy a city. He's like, he says, far be it from me that I should destroy. What are you doing? You're, you have a battering ram against the city, and he's trying to act, far be it from me that I should destroy was absolutely going to destroy the city. But she's like, now had him understanding that his, his battle, if he destroys the city, he's gone. She lets him know and knows her, you're going mano y mano with God. And if you're okay with that, Joab, I know you're a big shot, then go ahead. I don't think you want to go down that route, do you? You don't want your legacy, Joab, to be you destroyed one of God's great cities used for settling disputes, you destroyed the mothers in this city, that that is your legacy. The rest of the story, you can read it actually kind of, the rest of it's kind of weird, you know, in a sense, but, um, <laughs> but necessary. Uh, it, it doesn't go out, it doesn't come out well for Sheba, but everyone else comes out of uh, this very, very well. But willing to stand for the Lord, willing to be faithful. God wants godly women that are wise, that are willing, 
that are experienced, that are humble, that are knowledgeable, that are peaceable, and that are faithful to Him. And if you lean on the Lord, press near the Lord, He will develop these things in increasing measure in your life and and for you guys too. Even though I'm speaking to moms, all these things apply to all of us. We're all needing the same help from the Lord. I'm going to close with this poem. It's an anonymous uh, writer, whoever wrote it, we don't know. But this is what it said. It's called The Love of a Mother. A mother's love is something that no one can explain. It is made of deep devotion and of sacrifice and pain. It is endless and unselfish and enduring come what may, for nothing can destroy it or take that love away. It is patient and forgiving when all others are forsaking, and it never fails or falters, even though the heart is breaking. It believes beyond believing when the world around condemns, and it grows with all the beauty of the rarest, brightest gems. It is far beyond defining. It defies all explanation, and it still remains a secret like the mysteries of creation. And many splendor miracle a man cannot understand and another wondrous evidence of God's tender, guiding hand. I don't know about you, but I thank God for moms, even the unnamed ones, amen? That no one knows, God knows, and as we continue to draw near to Him, He will continue to do the miraculous, the amazing, through any of us, amen?